0: Hello, and welcome to episode 488 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I am one of the co-founders here at ETR, and we are entering the worst week of the year. Yes, that's right. It is Thanksgiving week, and yes, a very happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. As you take that whole bird carcass, you remove the guts of that bird carcass via the asshole, you shove more meat and bread up its asshole, and you sit around the table to celebrate the ravaging of the natives. Just remember, just remember, I will be massively stressed as I ignore my family and they hate me because I'm working nonstop this week, AKA gambling, AKA almost makes you feel happy to be alive. Anyway, I know longtime listeners have had enough of my Thanksgiving takes. I'll move on now. The week 11 DFS slate, the one we just came off of was truly, truly an unbelievable one. I mean, really weird. In terms of offenses and quarterbacks failing, you know, I didn't expect all the best quarterbacks to hit or all the best offenses to hit, but it's really rare for all of them to underperform. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, they were all on the main slate, not to mention Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, and none of them top 26 points. You know, Lamar only had 16, Josh Allen, 12, Hurts, 25, Fields, 23, Dak, 20, Cousins, three. And I know we've been talking about this all year, and I know it was hard to believe, and at times impossible to believe, but yes, one game of football does create some crazy slash unpredictable outcomes, and when that happens, that's when the GPP bros need to be there to strike. Dink won the juke for 15K with a Josh Allen double in a game Josh Allen scored 12 goddamn points, all because he had Tony Pollard. I mean, that's literally the only guy that went off for him. Crazy, crazy week. One point I did want to make was on the Kenyon Drake stuff. So Gus Edwards gets ruled out. Kenyon Drake is sitting there at 5,900, home against the Panthers. Certainly a good spot. But the news came out so early, and given the way DK wide receiver pricing was set up, even just saving a little bit of money to Drake at 5,900 was obviously really appealing. So you combine those two things, the earliest news on the Gus Edwards injury and the context of slate pricing, and I thought, Kenyon Drake could get pretty owned, but my God, I I didn't think what happened would happen. He ended up 23% in the Millie maker and 36% on Kenyon Drake in single entry stuff and high stakes. And maybe you should have seen that coming, you know, like with wide receivers all being priced up, people are desperate to save money. Like Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs in the, in the mid seven K's wasn't owned at all. No one played Saquon Barkley in cash, you know? And so there was a lot of ownership, though, on guys like Brian Robinson and Kenyon Drake. But anyways, at that ownership, at 36% in single-entry stuff on Kenyon Drake, if you run any kind of projected ceiling versus ownership calculation, I mean, at 36%, Kenyon Drake is one of the worst plays on the slate. And I didn't play Kenyon Drake in cash, but I did play him in tournaments. And man, that was a gut punch to see him come in up in the 30% plus range. I just thought... Maybe it was dumb. I I just thought the news was perhaps late enough to keep him closer to 15%, but it probably was dumb given how early and the pricing situation. We actually only had Kenyon Drake for 15 DraftKings points at 5,900 in projections. You know, not that great at all. You know, even adjusting for salary in our projections, Drake was still behind Saquon, Mixon, Jacobs, Pierce, David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, Alvin Kamara. So, yeah, not even that great a play. And so, obviously, when he's massively owned, it's going to be really bad. Speaking of projections, before I go any further, I want to let everyone know that although I do fucking hate Thanksgiving week, I do love a good Black Friday sale. Although, the Black Friday sale I'm about to describe actually does come out of my pocket, so I'm not as thrilled as normal. But anyways, here we are. So, we hardly ever run sales, like literally almost never, but we have a ridiculous one going Right now for Black Friday week, it is just $4.99 to try ETR NFL for one week. That is 80% off the normal price. The sale also is $39.99 to try one month of ETR NFL. That's normally $75.99. So go to establishtherun.com slash Black Friday for details or find the link pinned on my Twitter. That's establishtherun.com slash Black Friday. As for cash this past week, I had my worst week of the season money-wise and one of my worst weeks of the season win rate-wise, ri- rate like roughly 52% or so. And, and I'm certainly in no position to complain. I've run really, really well this year, but it was frustrating because I actually thought I was on it. You know, I KB'd, I knew better the projections on CeeDee Lamb. I didn't really love him. I even won some Leone bucks betting Devontae Adams over CeeDee Lamb straight up. We, IKB'd the Damian Harris stuff, thought off of a buy, he would really impact Ramondre. And although Harris only had 10 touches, you know, he was really good. Um, I didn't play Kenyon Drake. I didn't think he was really a priority other than Price. I, all I really needed to smash in cash was one of Saquon Barkley home against the Lions, Josh Allen in a dome against the Browns, or Steph Diggs in a dome against the Browns to show up. And none of the three did. And so again, I you know, I was seemingly the only one to play Saquon. Dude gets 20 opportunities. Against the Lions at home, finishes with 5.5 DraftKings points. He got pulled in garbage time. Matt Breedy gets the touchdown, just really tilting all around. But all that said, I was really happy with the way I played, despite the results. Losing sucks, man. You know, it stings. I, I hate it. Even though I know, like, I'm not going to win every week. I'm going to lose sometimes. Even though I think I played really well, just brushing off losses and just being like, well, you know, guys, it was a flip. Oh, uh, well, I, I just got unlucky. I, I get that may be true, but I still think that's a pretty weak way to think, you know, no excuses, you know, no, well, just variance, LOL, you know, I'd just be better next week. And so, you know, one thing that maybe, I, I didn't think it was right, but maybe in hindsight, leaning into my boy, our hero, Daniel J. Dimes, home against the Lions of 5,700. Like, I don't actually think that was right but maybe I should have considered it more. By the way, Danny Dimes is now the QB10 in fantasy points per game, despite total, total, total dust balls at pass catcher all year. Just absolutely incredible stuff from him and Brian Dayball this year. Okay, enough is enough. It is Thanksgiving week. I know everyone is short short on time and has family up their ass. So let's get to everyone's favorite portion of the program, the listener questions. Producer Luke, hit the theme Music. Question one from Jared Lorenz. He says, Would you rather have an NFL season where you lost in cash every single week or have to save your mom's life after a snake bite to the chest by sucking the venom from her chest? (laughs) Let me let me repeat that. Jared says, Would you rather have an NFL season where you lost every single week in cash or have to save your mom's life after a snake bite to the chest by sucking the venom? from her chest. So good question here, Jared, really good one. You know, if I lost in cash every week, every cent for an entire year, I was trying to think about how much that would be. I I don't know, I I mean, it depends how much action I get in head to head, but I mean, we're talking about a lot here. I I don't know, you know, 300, 400,000. I'm not sure if you're seen or you're aware of what's going on with the economy, Jared. I'm not sure if you're aware, but some of us may have quote unquote invested in crypto hedge funds and dinosaur skulls and cartoons of fucking punks and digital horses that fuck each other in the metaverse and the S&P 500 and VGT and fucking moments last year, okay? I, for one, can't believe all those communities are falling apart now. Shocking, I know. But so the answer, Jared, is no, I can't fucking afford to lose every week in cash for a year. I'll be living under the goddamn boardwalk in Atlantic City. And so to answer your question, I guess, I guess in this case, I'd have to suck the venom of the snake bite out of my mom's chest. And honestly, man, honestly, I deserve it. It would be a good lesson for me. It it really would, it would be horrible, but it'd be a good lesson for me because I am not a fucking investor. I I know a lot about fantasy football and sex jokes on the internet. I'm sure some of you have heard the quote, you know, uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's not the right move for me. It's not the right move for me is to put all my eggs in one basket and watch it really fucking closely. That means ETR. That means playing DFS. That means sex jokes. It does not mean, it does not mean investing in shit that I don't know dick about. So as I'm sucking the venom from my mother's chest, it will be a good lesson. It will stick with me forever, the horror of that. And hopefully, hopefully, dissuade me from making the same mistakes again so I can answer this question better. And accept a loss for a year. Question two from Chandler. He says What are your thoughts on the long-term positive slash negative impacts on sports with the rise in availability and popularity of sports betting? Yeah, so I think legalized sports betting helps in two ways. First, you know, more transparency, less game/slash match fixing. In the old days, people would bet with street bookies, uh, offshores, all kinds of different, all kinds of different ways. So if a game was fixed, you know, it's possible at least that no one would really know. These days, it would be really hard to fix a game now and not get caught. Every book is in bed with the leagues and they're massively incentivized to keep the games honest, find anything shady. So let's say all of a sudden a book gets hit with a ton of massive bets on some small college basketball game, stuff that's easy to spot as way outside the bounds of normal. Books immediately tell the leagues, tell the authorities, tell the NCAA, tell the NBA, Whatever. They look into it and it's GG. You know, no street book and no or or most offshores. They're not doing that stuff. Second positive thing I would say is obviously sports betting injects an insane amount of money into sports. DraftKings and FanDuel and Caesars and MGM. I mean, they're spending literal billions of dollars on advertising and sponsorships, which should slash will hopefully trickle down to the players, people who work for the teams, et cetera which I, I think is generally good for sports, but maybe I'm naive and extra money will, you know, just exclusively go to more money for the billionaire owners. I'm, I'm hopeful that's not the case, but yeah. Negatives, negatives on it uh, for actual sports. Obviously there's negatives to society. I, I think negatives for actual sports. I think people care less about the laundry. In other words, they care less about their team. To me personally, that's a feature, not a bug. But I get that a lot of people, a lot of boomers don't agree. I I think less of blind allegiance to X, no matter what, is a good thing for society. And by X, I mean politics, sports, business leaders, crazy religious stuff, you know, not thinking and just blindly hating anyone who isn't on your side or loving someone who is on your side. I mean, the the, the Raiders people are still in my mentions about the Devante Adams trade take. It's insane, Right. And these people are just like blindly, blindly, blindly slaves to laundry. So I I think a lot of that stuff is at the root of many of our societal problems. So yeah, I I would just think it's better to have people root for their bets. And by the way, you know, I I mentioned how bad uh, or it can be bad for people who are betting on sports because let's be honest, 95% or more, if you're betting sides and totals in the NFL or the NBA, 95%, 99% or more are going to lose. But the truth is that sides and totals if you show up on Sunday morning and want to bet an NFL side or total, the line is almost certainly right. It's efficient. So those bets that people are making, they're just losing the juice. It's it's not the end of the world. Like Jerry, my dog, she could hit 50% of her bets over an infinite sample if she just licked a random side of each game every week. So yeah, of course it's bad for society people losing their money betting. But if people just don't bet the parlays, they don't bet the SGPs, or they don't bet all the nonsense. They just find the best line in the market on Sunday morning. They'll lose like two percent for the year, maybe five percent, which is a lot and it sucks, but hopefully people can afford to lose that and you know it's some kind of entertainment expense. But you know, I, I think people underestimate the efficiency of the NFL market on Sunday morning and, and how much you know random fish are actually use, um, losing. Now, if you're consistently like, yeah, I, I don't want to go too, too much further into that. It's just maybe one day we'll do the experiment with Jerry where she licks a side in every game every week and people will finally believe that she can hit 50%. Uh, question three from Scup Dog. He says, Maryland is, Maryland is finally opening sports betting and the introductory offers are rolling in. What's the most plus EV way to take advantage of that sweet customer acquisition money? Should it be fire lots of small long shot parlays with free bets, make big ML bets on huge favorites? How do I max this free cash window? Yeah, I've gotten a ton of questions like this with Maryland and Ohio coming online. So, first and foremost, no one should ever, ever, ever feel bad about bonus whoring. Ever. If you don't bonus whore, you hate money. I mean, we're truly at a unique time. This practice of literally paying people 200, 500, 1,000, $1,200, 1200 1500 just to sign up for a site. It will not last. So shout out to us. If you go to establishandrun.com backslash offers, you'll see all the signup bonuses by state. That includes Maryland and Ohio, which have some for uh, I think tomorrow, actually. Maryland is going live. Now the question becomes what to do with the free bet that you get from a lot of these books. Some of that depends on your goals, right? Uh, on, and on your risk tolerance. Obviously, if you want to guarantee getting some money, You'll take a huge money line favorite. So let's say you get a thousand dollar free bet from Caesars. You say, "Okay, I'll bet a thousand to win two hundred on some massive favorite money line." You're likely to win. You take your two hundred. You move on. But is that optimal? Well, no. First of all, because thousand to win two hundred doesn't always hit. But the optimal is to take a long shot, a big money, a big underdog on the money line. You know, there's a lot of math behind it, but it boils down to the fact that in these free bets, you don't keep. The actual bet amount. In other words, if you bet $1,000 on a minus 500 favorite, you don't get a return of 1,200 or whatever. You don't keep the 1K. You only get the white meat. I know I'm not explaining this great. You know, um, I think it's worth watching the YouTube video that Captain Jack did, uh, Captain Jack from our friends at Unabated. I'll try to link to the video in the show notes. And I also tweeted the video last week. He explains the whole thing really well about how to use your free bets and then you can decide from there uh, how you want to handle it question four from lima bean he says where does thanksgiving rank in your top five holidays list yeah around dead last you know like i said at the top it's just a really stressful week Uh, essentially two main slates to work on family is home family is around they don't even think what i do is work so it's insane you know for them it's insane to them that I'm not gonna be around on Thanksgiving week. I'll be in my office the whole time. Oh, you know, there goes Adam doing his gambling thing again. Um, But yeah, I'm just not really a holiday guy at all. Maybe because most fall during NFL season and I definitely get super irritable when I'm thrown off my schedule. Um, And also, you know, it's, it's crazy, but being at the computer, you know, for 12 hours a day, six days a week makes me super, super irritable as well, especially by the time Friday and Saturday rolls around. But the thing is, I actually love it. Like, it's a weird thing. I, I, can, I can't not be on top of everything all the time because it drives me crazy if I'm not. But also, at the same time, being at the computer all day makes me miserable too. So I don't know. I guess I'm just at peace with, with being a miserable fuck. I, I'm not sure what I can do. It's a real catch-22. But anyways, I'll play it along, uh, Lima Bean. I'll play along. I'll give you my uh, top three holidays. I uh, try to bring some cheer. Some positivity. Number one, Halloween. Stone cold, absolute best. You bring some beers in the street. You watch the kids have a great time. Everyone's in a great mood. You set up the trick and treat uh, for adults. And by the way, if you don't know what that is, the trick and treat, trick or treat for adults, you sit in front of your stairs of your house or your porch or whatever, you get beers and and wine and pizza. Um, You give it out to the adults when they come by with the kids. You can scare people, haunted house. It's all great. Easily my favorite holiday. You know i dress up as jerry every year the most beautiful beast in the world i love it so good my second favorite holiday i would say is memorial day uh you know i'm kind of torn on this one i have so much respect almost even like guilt that so many people have fought in wars and died for our country i obviously haven't so i feel like memorial day should be a somber you know kind of respectful day um and i do try to think about it that way but it's also the official kickoff of summer, you know, easily the best season. And, you know, Memorial Day is always a good time. When I used to live in Philly, you know, Memorial Day at the beach was always a great, great time. I love Memorial Day because it marks being hot. I love being hot. Like, I love being in Vegas in July. It feels so good to be hot. So, yeah, Memorial Day number two. Third favorite holiday, Valentine's Day. It's the stupidest fucking thing in the world, Valentine's Day stupidest thing in the world but it's a lock to get on the hashtag team right so it's got to be in the top three question five from george he says how much does it physically pain you to hold back the i told you so's when discussing jonathan taylor first christian mccaffrey's season with the injury prediction bros yeah it's a good question i really 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 don't like to victory lap stuff because i get so much wrong all the time you know talked about it last week And also, I think the victory lap stuff is insecure. Look, you know, to have to give people and I told you so every time you're right. I I think generally smart people understand sound process versus throwing darts and results are going to follow. You know, I think people understand that the ones where it's really tempting to clap back or I told you so or dunk on the stone cold idiots. I mean, I couldn't say a word, a word about Christian McCaffrey or a tweet. Or an article or anything. I couldn't even say his name without literally hundreds of mouth breathing idiots saying the most vile and hateful things about me because, quote unquote, CMC is going to get hurt, you fucking moron. Right. And I really do try to be careful about not letting the comments into my like thoughts whatsoever. I tell everyone, I tell all our guys at ETR, uh, the comments on social media are not, not, not representative of the overwhelming majority of people and they're definitely not representative of etr people aka smart people you know the comments that are hating on our families for having cmc as the number one pick are mouth-breathing idiots who will never win their fantasy league or anything else and so all that said yes i am tempted to dunk on these idiots we did the raiders one um which was great you know fuck all those laundry obsessed idiots the christian mccaffrey one I mean, yeah, everyone in the NFL has seemingly been hurt except for him. You know, I think it's obvious at this point that all these people who said that stuff, you know, should be thinking about their lives and what they were, what what was actually going through their head in the summer. We'll see on going for the victory lap. But again, this Christian McCaffrey one seems so obvious. You know, it's funny. We had some short videos like the one-minute clips this summer And it's me saying, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's the no-brainer number one pick. Leone saying, take Christian McCaffrey over JT, whatever. You know, and there's hundreds of brain-dead comments underneath. Shout out to Dave Arego and our video team. He went in and responded to all these idiots. And so now the algorithm on, you know, YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or whatever the fuck, I don't even know. The algorithm on all those places are resurfacing the videos. And random people now are going in and dunking on the mouth breathers. I mean... It's just so good. really is. Question six from Barry. He says, I love the solo pod, but now every time I take a dump and don't shower immediately after, I think of your pod weeks ago saying you always have to. How do I get that out of my head? Yeah, I'm not sure I follow the question here, Barry. Why would you want to get that out of your head? I'm giving you the gold, the best advice you've ever gotten in your entire life. You schedule the times you defecate around when you can shower right afterwards that's the best advice you'll ever get in your entire life and you want to get that out of your head no barry no you want that in your head you're welcome question seven from jack he says should sort by projected gpp ownership ever be a part of the player pool selection and process for cash games yeah i've heard this a lot lately and i'm honestly not sure where it's coming from what When I say it, and when I say, you know, it, I mean people caring about ownership in cash. And again, by cash, I mean head-to-heads, 50-50s, double-ups. There's like some wave, and I don't really understand where it's coming from, of people caring about ownership in cash, caring what other people are doing in cash. To me, the whole point of cash is to not worry about what anyone else is doing. No game theory. Literally, play the team you think is best. Anything that you're not playing is minus EV, and therefore, we're happy to have action against it. Like the idea that Foster Moreau is going to be 80%, so I have to play it. I don't get that. You know, I would play Foster Moreau because I think he's the right play. I don't care what anyone else is doing. If you disagree, then play whatever you think is best. And if you're right, you know, you'll just crush. I- I've yet to hear a compelling argument or math based reasoning on why caring what anyone else do- is doing in cash should matter. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't even cross my mind. If I play a guy who's 80% or a guy who's 5%, It doesn't matter to me. Regardless, I'm playing what I think is right. I'm not trying to game theory bro anyone, you know, period. It's just a much simpler format of DFS when you just literally play the team you think will score the most points this week. Not worry about what anyone else is doing. Question eight from Andrew. He says, oh, this is gonna be the last question we do today, by the way. Question eight from Andrew. He says, have you found the GTO takeout place in the greater Denver area to satisfy your annual Thanksgiving dinner boycott. Yeah, you know what? Ethnic food is a struggle out here in the Denver suburbs. Um, Definitely some really good Mexican food, which I love, but overall it's a struggle for sure. I have found some really good Vietnamese food out here, which I like, and I think that's what I'm going to go with this year. They have spectacular, this one place has truly spectacular pho. I usually add on a side of the classic Thanksgiving dish, shrimp fried rice, so can't wait, man. Uh, It's going to be a great meal. Um, Seriously, though, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Appreciate you being part of the ETR family here. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, Starting Friday, we're launching a brand new merch store, merchandise store. For a very, very short time, ETR subscribers only will be able to get everything that we're selling in the merch store at cost. You know, it's probably going to cost us money, but that's okay. We appreciate you all. We want you to get the merchandise first crack at it at cost. In order to get this, though, you will need to be in our Discord server to get that coupon. So be sure you head to the site, get in our Discord. If you're you're an ETR subscriber, you're not in the Discord, go to the Team tab, and there's a link there um, in the menu to show you how to get into the Discord. And then on Friday, we'll be releasing that code in the Discord to get merch at cost. All right. Four. Jerry. For producer Luke. I am Adam. Happy Thanksgiving. Good luck, everybody.